Yo, 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 what's up? It's your boy, Big Cozy Too Cozy with the Highly Advised Podcast. I'm here with my amigos, my big dog, Spence, Nigel. What's up, guys? We're doing the end of the year top 10 albums, the Highly Advised top 10 albums for all you listeners, for all you fans. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hopefully, you guys really fuck with this episode. Yo, what's going on, everybody? It's Spence from the Highly Advised Podcast. You're checking us out right now. We're about to do the year and wrap up of all the albums of the year, so... Can't wait for you guys to hear what we got. Relaxing, no G underscore Jackson. Uh, we are here. We figured that we bring this conversation to y'all. It's going to be a little interesting to hear, you know, what everybody has to say about these picks that we had that we came up with in this list. This end of the year, you know, a little wrap up for music. Um, how are y'all doing before I, you know, go ahead and state the rules for the people that we that we use to come up with this? Man, I'm good. I'm just excited to see what we got going on. Yes, sir, man. I, I'm good, too. You know, it's beautiful day in the neighborhood okay <laughs> so we came up with some rules as to how we were going to go ahead and put this out for y'all we pretty much have a list of albums that we put into a pool and we chose from that pool to create a top 10 for each of us now we all ranked those albums from um, one to ten Number one, getting 10 points. Number 10, getting one point. So it's a little bit of a ranking system, and we combined our top 10s in order to make a top 10. Now, interestingly enough, we did not have enough consistency to get a full top 10, so we actually ended up rounding out to be like a top seven. So it's not going to be a top 10, but it's going to be our top albums of the year nonetheless. Now, I am the only one who have the answers nobody else knows yet and i'll be revealing as we get through the episode but first one thing we wanted to do was give a shout out to some people that uh you know some unsigned hype as far as like what we what we saw as albums that maybe people didn't catch before we get dig into this top 10 and i'll just start <laughs> off <laughs> i'll just start off for me um i want to give a shout out to my boy uh gilroy he put out an album this year um, three to five is something that's good. People should listen to it. It's a little mix of like, it has a mix of a few different feels in there, but uh, definitely uh, just look it up. It's called three to five. Uh, Gil Bit W is what he calls himself a lot. Um, BB Diggler on YouTube. If you look on there, you'll see there's a lot of uh, interesting songs, uh, some familiar faces on there. If you actually going to listen to it, Lyle or Spence, did y'all have a, a choice that y'all wanted to give to the listeners? Yeah, you know, I want to plug in my homeboy, D'Angelo, my nigga Lowe. Uh, definitely check out his motherfucking music. You know, for the listeners, he goes by L-E-A-U-X. You know what I mean? If you, So if you're searching on DSPs, Spotify, Apple Music, et cetera, et cetera, search him by that, and you'll see all his shit. So definitely check his ass out. Yeah, for me, I have to go with uh, a group actually local to Delaware called CypherClick. They dropped out they dropped the album earlier this year called Things Went Left. I definitely advise people to go check it out. Highly advise that you go check it out. Um, and on top of it, like they're they're doing a lot of great things. I've seen I've seen them grow over the years. So I definitely would suggest checking it out. They're probably someone that you'll probably be hearing about pretty soon. So if you haven't got on the train yet, definitely advise to hop on it. Yeah, definitely go and listen to all those albums. Um Lola. BB Diggler, BB D-D-I-G-G-L-E-R, and Cypher Click. They all put out good albums this year that um you should listen to. And Thanks. um oh uh, um Cypher Click for just to make sure you guys know how to spell it, it's spelled C-Y-P-H-E-R-C-L-I-Q-E. 
C L Q U E. Yeah, if you have iPhone, it'll autocorrect it. So that's for all you Android users, you know. All right. So <laughs> before I got in, I get into this uh, list. I want to tell Lau and Spence the albums that did not make it into this top list. While you put "Why God Is an Awesome God" to "Pray for Paris," the Versace tape, and "Only for Dolphins" and the Liz, none of those albums made into our top list. Really? Yep. Spence. Yo, son, that's crazy. I knew I should have put. I knew I should have put that as an album. (laughs) Uh, Spence for you. I switched Fly God out too. That's crazy. Spence for you. Um, from a king to a god did not make it, and neither did Savage Mode too. What? Neither. Neither of those albums made it. And for me, I'm not surprised that No Pressure didn't make it. I know y'all hate Logic. Surprise, surprise. Who would have thought, right? Um, but neither did New Beginnings or King's Disease. So neither of those albums made it. And now oh, New Beginnings is Reason, right? Reason. Yeah. I I, I liked Reason's album also. I thought about that, but it the list was just so it was a such a good list to pull from. So yeah, there's a lot of good music that came out this year. I'm interested now. Let's let's rock and roll now. Shit. Oh, okay. That's crazy. Fly got two didn't make it. Yeah, I'm like, I'm surprised. Nigga. Yeah. <laughs> Hey man, like when you, you, but you know what though? When I'm looking at the list now, I'm like, I get it, I get it, because like our tastes are different, and I had a feeling that this would happen, you know. So this is kind of interesting. So in yeah, number I mean, seven, go ahead, you're good. I was, well, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, I ain't gonna hold you because I, when it comes to like comes to the list, because Fly Guy Two, I would have put there, I would have put Fly Guy Two in my stuff, but my thing was with Westside, I only was giving him one project. Uh, you know, out of everything he, I felt the same way. Yeah. I agree with that. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair yeah, enough. But if, if we're gonna, if we're gonna, I, th- I feel like a consensus has been formed. I think we could just put that as an honorable eight, <laughs> just because. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, we can do that. Yeah. That's fair enough. That that is an honorable yeah. eight for sure, because that's a good album. But yeah. I I also like didn't want to put two West Side in there. I didn't want it to be like Griselda list. You know what I mean? So yeah. there is that. Um. So let's just, you know, as an honorable eight, shouts out to, you know, Westside. But in number seven, with four points, we have Broken Window of Opportunity. Sir Ooh. Michael Rocks. Okay. okay. Good album. Um, Trying to Hide was one of my favorite songs of the year. I'm not going to lie to y'all. Like, that's Trying to Hide and uh, I think it's Overboard, if I'm not mistaken, is the name of the song, or Overload. Oh, I thought you, like, punch it in. Nah, you know, that song is actually not that's that bad. Song. Yeah, I was about to say, that song's not that bad. I like Art Show, too. I fuck with that song. I listen to that song all the time. Yo, man, he uh, he rebounded, like uh, I was about to say, rebounded. He redeemed himself with that fucking album. Because if anybody's been listening to Michael Rocks, like we've been for the past few years, the nigga, he started out very strong, and he started putting out fucking garbage. And... and you know, Mikey Rocks, if you listen to this, shouts out to you. But we just being honest fans, you know what I mean? Like, we was a fucking what popular. Pa- part two is just fucking garbage. It's not you my know what I mean? Funds and access. I don't even know if many people know about that shit. So it's just when he when he did Broken Window, it was kind of like, wow, this is a brush of fresh fresh air of I said brush breath of fresh air of what we've been hearing prior to that. Yeah, absolutely. I think 
when it came to this album, I definitely agree. Because one thing we saw, one thing being a long-term fan of um, Sir Michael Rocks or Mikey Rocks, whatever you want to, whatever you know him as, he did start off very, very strong in the early, t- early tens, and then he kind of started fading off when he changed the style or whatever. But seeing, listening to this album, like you, we were able to get like you recognize from the beginning that this was just a, this is a conceptual album, right? Whether it's the conversation that he's having to the to someone that did him wrong, whereas like you could tell this isn't like a fictional thing. This is something that is real, right? On top of it, where uh, to me, I always I'll always say this, and it's probably never really been said about Sir Michael Rocks, but he's probably like the father of scam rapping, just because. <laughs> you know, of, I'll give like, you that. I'll give it, you that. If if you listen to like a lot of his early music. It was nothing but scamming, right? It was, but we just didn't understand. If you weren't from my area, you wouldn't understand it. So, like, even listening to this, like, he still follows that um, that mode of speaking on scamming or whatever, whether it be how to make money X, Y, and Z, and then having the story of like trying to hide. So, it's to me, it was a really impressive album that let me know, like, hey, if this guy is putting out music like this now. I know we might be in for something very promising within the future because I'm not sure if you guys saw, but there was a moment in time, probably a couple earlier this year, he was complaining after releasing the album, I believe, of him him not having any connections. Um, He not having connections or all his old connections weren't really fooling with him anymore. He was claiming he was blackballed from the industry. And a lack of marketing too, is what he said about this album. And yeah. I think this album definitely didn't get the sign it deserved. But I mean, like, I'm I'm honestly very happy that it's in our top list because like there's there's enough good songs on here to where it's like, OK, like you should give it a listen if you're a fan of Sir Michael Rocks. Like, so I fuck with it. And shouts out to us for putting it on there. It means we all have good yeah. taste. Yeah. And I, I, I'll say more about Mikey Rocks later on because there's, some, there's something that connects him later on in this list. Also, off of Funds and Access, the song Bull Market is a shit. I fuck with that song. The song is really good. But I never listened to Funds and Access, bro. It's, like, it's not good. But yeah, that song no, is good. I, I know because time. I I remember listening to SeaWorld. and like that was off of Popular. That, oh no, 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 was that? no, no, that was off of no. Banco. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's off of Banco. Yeah, because like that, even that album wasn't that promising. Like so, hearing what he has now, I think we're we should be in. I think we should be in better hands. I just hope he focuses. Like he doesn't spread himself too thin just because of like everything that he's doing. Like if you pay attention to his social media, if I think if he just focuses on the music itself after hearing this album and he just says, yo, listen, I just got to go hard and push this. I think we'll be hearing a lot more from Mikey Rocks from other people next year. I hope so. In 2021. I, I hope so too. My, my last take on him is just, you know, hopefully not necessarily get all the old people back, but hopefully he can find some new light in the, in the rap game where, you know, people are, are going to be more aware to his music and shit, not his popular nonsense, but, you know, from this album moving forward. And hopefully he continues rapping the way he did on his album and not fucking popular shit. I'm not a fan of that shit. Yeah. All right. Oh, and before we get out of here, mentioning um my unsigned hype earlier with Cypher Click, they actually have a single with him called, I think it's called Cobra Kai. Shouts out to that song. That song is dope. Yeah, that song yeah. is dope. So shouts out to them, you know. Yeah, yeah hopefully, I, hopefully we can see um something with Mikey Rocks and Boldy James coming together again. So Word. So for number six, we have a tie. 
surprisingly enough. Now, um, this is interesting. The tie is between with five points, Dark Lane demo tapes, and a written testimony. Oh, it's interesting. Me personally, I would put a written testimony over uh, Dark Lane demo tapes, but that is just me. Why is that? Because I think so. A, a conversation I've been having recently is, uh, you know, just thinking about Jay Z's collab albums and seeing as to where this one falls. I still haven't like came up with a, an answer for that question. But um, what I will say is that I think there's enough songs on here that especially um, the never ending story, which is one of my favorite songs of the year easily to me, this album, the rapping on it, like the, the, the production, like everything to me, other than like maybe a couple songs is like something that should be listened to by everybody, especially if you're a fan of Jay-Z, a fan of rap, like, you know what I mean? Well, here, here's the thing though. That that'll come down onto basically opinion. Then you think that everybody should listen to it, you know. I mean, granted, this whole thing is subjective anyway. Of course, but I think that the Dark Lane demo tapes has more replay value to it. You know what I mean? And I that's disagree. why I, I that's why I would put that over a written testimony. And I know sometimes when it comes to rap music, the general consensus doesn't mean it's the right consensus. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I feel like a lot more people is fucking with a dark dark lane demo tapes than a written testimony. But I'm not saying written testimony is garbage. Obviously not because we put it in here and it's it's one of the, the, the top albums of the year. It's just that if, you know, since we have a tie, I'm giving the edge to Drake on this one. The last thing I want to say about it is like on dark lane demo tapes, there was only like one or two songs that I was like, okay, I really don't care for this shit. But the other songs on there, I'm like, I can hear every song everywhere. You know, I feel like it's a diverse, I feel like to listen to testimony, you have to have a certain taste of music to listen to that shit. While Dark Lane demo tapes is a lot easier on the ears for maybe somebody who's not into rap like we are. Right. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, on my top 10 list, I had Dark Lane demo tapes at number nine and I had, written testimony as number 10. So I have to co-sign you with there where I have to I have to put Dark Lane demo tapes over. Grant out biggest fan of it. And anybody that listens to the podcast has probably heard me express my feelings on it. But I, I do take in I do take into consideration how well an album has aged within a year. Cause that lets me know a lot. It tells me a lot more about how good this album was. And I granted I only picked it every so often. It wasn't bad. But it was much easier on the ears in comparison to written testimony. I, I, I do hold it a huge factor is how well artists can survive on their own on an album. And to me, this was like a Jay-Z, a Jay-Z, Jay Electronica project, a duet pretty much essentially, but in the same vein, I would still listen to it if Jay-Z wasn't on the album, but I know I wouldn't listen to it as much. I feel like Jay-Z was someone that was a, a strong carrier of someone's first album, which to me, I had to, I had to take some points away from it. It had a lot of great lyricism. It had the songs that were, that you felt like, hey, I can listen to this and connect it to my life. The lyricism's there, the, the production as well. But in the same breath, it's just, when I when I'm listening to it, it's like it is is way more complex than listening to something from a, a older act where it's just bar on bar on bar. It's like 
you you literally have to go and Google it. Yeah, you have to Google it, which is good. Yeah. But I think to some capacity, to some capacity, it's just like that's not that doesn't make for the best listening experience. Exactly. And I, I think and I'm a person that loves lyricism. But to me, I was just like, yo, Jay Electronica, he came out with a great he came out with a really good album. I won't say great in comparison to Dark Lane demo tapes. Drake threw something out. A couple of songs I didn't care for, but it sounded good. It was cohesive and it's still you could tell it was something that Drake was pushing forward in terms of sound similar to like if you're reading this is too late. Yeah, for me, I didn't put Dark Lane demo tapes in my top 10. I'm not going to lie to y'all. It didn't make it. Right. Um, like, there's, I mean, for me, like, you know, it was a cool Jake project, but it wasn't like something where I was like, you need to listen to this over everything else. But I mean, you know, 2C style was cool. Um, yeah. You know, I like, mean, come on, yo. <laughs> nah, all right, <laughs> let me, let me stop. Let me stop hating. Let me stop hating. <laughs> let me stop hating. No, it's, it's a good project. Yeah. I just like, it, to me, it just didn't match the other albums that I put onto my list. Not to say that it's bad. Like, I'm sure there's no reason to not listen to it because there's there's good songs on there. It's actually like a, a really good sounding project. But for me, like, I, it just didn't make it into my top 10. And that's just mm. where it is. Yeah, so, like, I mean, to, to me, I, 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 I can understand. I just think with Drake, it's... he. I think with Drake, he he he's able to illustrate a certain lyricism Mm-hmm. That is simplistic, but not overly. It's not overly complex, but it's complex enough that you can relate to it without, like, oh, you. Your the thinking process is less about the bars itself and more about your connection to it. In some instances, okay. like I think honestly, I think Drake's album would have been a lot bigger had like had we been able to be outside. So, all right. Well, um, so at number five we have Detroit Two with thirteen points good album um this is probably yeah this is probably higher um well for me in in my opinion you know i'll agree with you on that one because of what i see um but it's one of the projects like like i said before when we spoke about it on the podcast um i think it's big sean's best project um there's a there's a lot of listenability like definitely he hits on i think big sean does everything he does well but does it the best cohesively on this project and uh, another a, a $10 word for y'all is uh, euphonious. And that's like uh, aesthetically pleasing to the ear. This album has a lot of that, but also, you know, Big Sean's lyricism shines through on songs like uh, Lucky Me, you know what I mean? Which is like the perfect song for the gym. Then he has other songs on, like Big Sean hits all the bases on this album. He really does. And he yeah. has the the posse track towards the end. Yeah, I mean the pos. I think honestly, the the one song that took me the hardest to warm up to was probably that Friday Night Cipher, which was a posse cut, mm-hmm. just because Detroit has like their own sound, which I'm not. I'm still having a hard time adapting to. I thought Sada Baby was your favorite rapper. So, like, like I was saying, <laughs> right? So, like, they have a very interesting sound, right? Outside of that. The album was to me. I personally, to me, I struggled not putting this as my number one album of the year. Personally, really, just because, yeah, because I like, like you said, I think this was a full album by Big Sean for one. Secondly, outside of it being just a full album, it was the, it was just the way he was able to cohesively get his message across through every song, while highlighting what I think is the best parts of Big Sean, where it's more of like a positive rapper. But not, not in the, not in the Mickey Mouse way. 
or whatever. Not in the cookie cutter way of like other artists I don't want to name. But um, yeah, to me, I think Big Sean was just, he was able to do everything perfectly. And then you have a song like Deep Reverence, where we all know half the time when an artist passes away, unfortunately, like Nipsey Hussle, their verse is typically always is inflated, right? Mm -hmm. Not just saying Nipsey Hussle's in particular, but typically you feel the verse a lot more because the person's no longer here. So with this out, with this album, even that song, I felt like Big Sean did a better job. Like I think he did a better job than Nipsey on that song and a lot of a lot of songs overall. And we got 2088 on the song. So I so I'm gonna be honest. I didn't put it in my top. It was in my top ten earlier in the year. Then I dropped it. And one of the criticisms I had on this album, and I'm gonna set the record straight. You know, it it is a, a good album. It's it, I'm not gonna sit there and say it's a bad album by any stretch of imagination. But I felt like the album was really long. Maybe my differences from your guys is maybe I've been spoiled by shorter albums because I noticed there's been quite a bit of shorter albums released this year. And I don't know if that's because artists is in a rush to put out projects so they don't have, you know, lengthy albums. But that was probably like the longest rap album of this year, you know, out of popular artists, at least rap artists outside of that, you know, I don't think the album is, is, is bad at all. It's not, but it was just long. And that's kind of like what it kind of made me like, damn, I don't know if I, if I want to put this in my top 10 and maybe that's an unfair criticism of placing it in the top 10, but that was just for me. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I could listen to 10, 12 songs and then I'm like, damn, I, you know, I'm done now, you know, yeah. I want to listen to something different. Right. So like, let me ask you this. And so was there like a song that you didn't like off of the album per se, like where the song, like granted, cause I know when you have a longer album, there's a higher probability of putting out bad songs. Right. 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 So were there, were there songs that you didn't care for as well? Or is it just the length of the album that like really pulls, pulls you away? Well, it, I'm not going to sit there and say that, every song was you know hardcore hit into me but there wasn't one song where i'm like this is trash or like oh you know i don't really give a fuck about this it was just that it was just like damn you know like all right man i, I made it like halfway through i'm kind of just done listening to this you know what i mean mm -hmm. and and that that that's why i was like no i want to put my top 10 because i know for me personally i'm like i know i'm not going to listen to this every day because of how long it is, you know, versus another album where it might be just 30 minutes long or, you know, believe it or not, guys, there's been like 20 minute albums, which is fucking crazy where I could, I could sit there and just listen to it in one, one setting. You know what I mean? And like I said, you know, maybe it's not the biggest criticism, but that was just, that's just my opinion on it. Kind of like when Nigel's opinion is like, Hey, look, it's more pleasing to my ears versus somebody else's ears. And I think that everybody should listen to it. You know, that's just his opinion. You know what I mean? Right, Whether right. you think it's fair or not. And that's just my opinion of the big Sean album. Me personally though, I did like the Friday night cypher. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed motherfucking, um, Boldy Jane's part, but also like Payroll Giovanni's part on there as well. Those were two like standout uh, parts of that fucking song. So I I enjoy I'm a guy I enjoy posse cuts, especially when you have 
more good artists than not on the poxy cut because it kind of reminds me of like you know what's that big de la soul song that they did back in the day it was a remix but it was a poxy cut they had busta rhymes on it and other fucking new york rappers you know i like good posse cuts you know three six mafia they always had posse cuts and shit like that yeah they're good for that well i mean for me like i think the perfect album is between i would say like 40 to 50 minutes um, but I think because of the content on there, like if the songs weren't good, then I'd be like, okay, like, you know, maybe could have cut this or cut that. That was actually one of my issues with uh no pressure, like logic's album. Um, like it's a really good album, but he could have easily took away like three or four songs in my opinion. And the album would have been better. Um, one of my favorite parts of big Sean's album though, was when Stevie wonder said he saw a piano for the first time. And I thought that was actually pretty hilarious. So <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I mean, like to me, that gives him extra points um, as to you know where he should be in the top ten, of course. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, <laughs> I mean, there, there's always the this whole thing about Stevie. That is a hard sell. That is a hard sell when it comes to like an album. Like, yo, you got Stevie Wonder saying like he actually saw some shit. Like, I can understand <laughs> that. Like, that that's a hard. That's a hard. It's hard not to put in your top ten. But like for me, I was like. I will say this, like when it comes to like album length, I've, I've, and I've always been vocal. Like I think for me, 50 to an hour is fine, right? 45 to an hour, hour five, hour 10 is fine for me. It all, for me, it really depends on the story of an album, right? And I think that's why I was really pushing, I really was debating on putting this album as number one. And this album, Though it is like an hour and 14 minutes, probably a little less than that if you take out the video and the skits. When you take out the video and the skits, it's probably like 55, 60, 55 minutes or so. But my thing when it came to this album was even way the way he was able to position the skits of Erica Badu talking or Dave Chappelle talking or Stevie Wonder, or I think he might have had like his father or somebody like that on one of the songs, at the back of one of the songs. Um, it was, To me, I just felt as though it was like the perfect way of him illustrating himself, his personality and like his influence of someone like the, of pretty much a legend, Stevie Wonder, Erica Badu, Dave Chappelle, all right. coming from different eras, different walks of life and all the things they have positive to say to either the Big Sean or advice they would give to Big Sean, right? So to me, I think that was a thing that helps when you have a longer album because you see it in these shorter albums, but it's harder to find it where you're getting a story like you as soon as I press play I know I need to listen to the whole thing because I'm on a journey and I think that's what I got I got more of that in this Big Sean album than like a, a album that may be like 35 minutes so it actually compared to most of the albums that came out this year so that's my biggest that was like that's really my response when it comes to like length and why I, for when I don't have a problem when when the album's actually lo- a little longer, but I can understand where you're coming from though with that loud. All right, kind of just want to play and just be out. So, so for number four, before we get into you know the top three, uh, we have "Who Made the Sunshine" by yeah. Westside Gun. Um, I think, I think well, you know, points are. It's crazy how we, we did the scoring and all that because I think. Me and Spence, we kind of agreed that. Um, well, I don't know. I think Fly Got Tune was a better project than Who Made the Sunshine, but it seemed like Who Made the Sunshine was more complete. Yeah, 
out of the three projects he dropped this year. And I don't know if that's because Shady had some oversight over it or it's because, you know, Westside really, you know, he, I guess he wanted to do it differently, but he said he made this fucking album like in a week, which is fucking crazy to me. You know, I like who made the sunshine. It was an obviously in our top tens, but the problem I have with who made the sunshine compared to his other two albums is all the songs have features except for one. And the one song that he doesn't have a feature, it's like a one minute song. And, and I had a problem with that because I'm kind of like this album, even though it's good, it reminds me more of a compilation of artists together than versus West Side Gun himself. So I was a little surprised when the other two albums didn't make it, but this one did. It, me personally, um, to, to me, this album is the better one uh, out of the three albums that he put out this year. Um, I, I don't mind the feeling of it feeling like a compilation because like, I feel like even on Fly Guy 2, we can even put um pray for Paris in there. Like some of the best verses on there weren't West Sides, you know what I mean? I think um the production on this album is the best out of the three. I think the verses are the best out of the three. I think the way it's sequenced is the best out of the three. I think um West Side not rapping a lot doesn't hurt at all because even West Side knows he's not the best rapper, you know what I mean? So like it's one of those things where to me it's okay because I think the where Westside really shines is his ability to put shit together, not his rapping ability. If it was based off of rapping ability, this will probably be even further back on my list. But because it's an album and the way it sounds as an album, I put it relatively high on my list because as an album, it sounds really good. Um, yeah, that's that's where I was leaning towards as well. Where like I, I kind of had like a collective of both of your thoughts as a project because I, I one thing i did when before making my list i kind of went i kind of did the the battle of albums right of hey i like this i think this is here this should be here this should be here but let me see where these two compare in, into in, in comparison to one another and actually my original list i actually had this as number four um similar to what lao said it does feel like it's more of a compilation album because you have just it's heavy with features but in the same token of breath, like Nigel also says, it's a complete, and even Lau says, it's a complete album, which is where it, it's this confusing thing of the lyricism is enough lyricism there, but it doesn't outweigh pretty much the majority of the, the whole list that we have, right? But at the same time, it's, it's all the other intangibles outside of the lyricism that actually helps push it up further. Because I, I at one point when going through the albums, just saying, listening to the, the bars themselves, I'm like, this may be like number eight for me. But when you take into account production, which is probably one of the best produced albums this year, you take in the, the way Westside approaches the album, like he said, is art. So he's putting the right people where they need to be to make the the best cohesive sound. That's a which skill. Is, exactly. That's not something that an artist is easily able to do to just to be able to, to listen and say, Hey, I want, and you and remind you, he's only doing this in a week's time. So to be like, yo, let me hit up such and such. They would sound good on this. They would sound good on this. I want them on this part. And I'm going to just come through and kind of just do a verse that's good, but not better than the people that's on my album. So, I 
because of that, I, I had to put it at four, and I agree that it, it can be at four just because of this completeness, but it kind of goes back to the, it does go back to the thing with Jay Electronica that I said of how Jay-Z carried, to me, I felt like Jay-Z carried Jay Electronica on that out on his album. With Westside, like, I think he had projects that may have sounded a little better, but he does get carried, I think, on all his projects. I think he's getting carried on all of his projects that he's put out this year. Exactly. Which is, like, a, is a, a, a huge downside because had his if his lyricism if he was lyrically better than every feature he had he probably could have been in competition for number one he See, was number one at one point for me but my question he, is does he mind does he mind that he doesn't have the best verses on his albums because i would have to say he doesn't like I'm, no, he doesn't but the the listener may yeah yeah i was gonna say yeah i agree with spence on that like it i think it's evident where he's kind of like i'm i'm i happen to be a rapper that is able to get dope ass producers and dope rappers on my shit, but I I'm like more of an A R than a, than a fucking artist. He right. he just I just happen to fucking rap and I happen to do it better than fucking Diddy. You know, like <laughs> that that's that's him. I like who made the sunshine. I the reason why I like Fly Guy too a little better because you hear more of him than hear the than who made the sunshine. You know and. That's that was just like my only gripe with that shit. I was like, damn, you don't hear him as often. But the nigga knows how to put a fucking album project, whatever you want to call it these days, together real nice. You know what I mean? It, but what does hold him back is like the nigga isn't, you know, his rapping isn't top tier. You know, Westside is obviously, I don't think Westside is garbage, but like, you know, compared to his family members, Benny and Conway, he's you know he can't hold a candle to him and and he knows that and you know what yeah, I mean? he's open about that yeah he's yeah. really open about that shit that's just my problem with who made the sunshine it's it's more of everybody else than him but it's supposed to be him but that's just you know once again it's my opinion maybe another listener might be like i i love that about west side you know when it comes to west side though right do you feel as though like we may have seen because I, I think Westside, over the years, he's been consistent with putting out good material. Do you think we've seen the best of Westside up until this point? Or do you think there's more to be seen from him? Just because of putting out three albums, possibly a fourth at the end of this year. And then on top of it, like he he knows how to illustrate. He knows how to A&R by putting the right people together. But with the lack of lyricism, do you do you feel as though there's more to come from him or have, have, is it possible that we may have seen like his peak and he may just be riding this out for a while? I, so with that, it's hard with, with somebody like him because I, I listened to his shit back in 2018, 17 and shit like that. And really the nigga, he said it himself in the Joe Butter interview for those who watched that interview you know, he's rapped the same. It's it's like the only thing different is the fucking beats and maybe how he put together a project. I feel like this is definitely the most uh, recognition and awareness and popularity he's gotten this year. Absolutely. But to say like his fucking career may be over, I don't, I think he'll he's going to be consistent on the way he sounds. And I think like I think if he drops, let's say he drops two projects every year, two or three projects every year, I don't think it'll be like, oh, he needs to hang it up because he's pretty consistent the way he fucking sounds. Will he reach that 
the popularity height of 2020. I mean, we don't know. We may 2021, he might get, he might have another spike. We, we just don't know. Cause I feel like this right. is the first true year where motherfuckers is really recognizing him in, in the rap game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yes, 2018, 2019, people knew who he was, but 2020 was like, oh shit, this is a Griselda year, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so I, I don't, I think it's right now, I don't want to say he's he's hitting his peak or whatever like that. I think that we could still get another good year or two out of him. But that, you know, that's also depends if the motherfucker, if this album he said he's going to drop next is his last one or not. Because apparently Pray for Paris was, should have been the last one. And what do you know? Two projects later. Yeah, which is, which is kind of crazy. So, I mean, I, I can agree to that. Like, I think we may not have gotten the best from him, but I think we're pretty close to it just because of, I'm sorry, like he he has that unique talent of being able to do whatever he wants to do for 50 weeks out the year. And then the last two weeks, Hey, let me record some great albums. But I do think like with, with that understanding, I think his, his ceiling is just, his ceiling is going to be hard because when you're putting out that much music and then it's we're we're literally having a conversation. We had a conversation of Leo, he put out three albums and possibly a fourth this year. And we're only going to pick one. All of us are all under this unwritten agreement of picking one album. So because of that, like, I think he can dilute himself somewhat. And just because you're spreading yourself out so thin to putting two or three albums out. So I'm I'm curious to see what happens, but I do think, him releasing as much as he does is probably is I think it may mean it may be beneficial for him next year but I think after that it's going we're, we're going to have a different conversation when it comes to him because I think he'll have to do what like a UFC fighter does fight a lot and then once you become champion only fight once or twice a year so so before we get into the top three albums um we wanted to go ahead and give our honorable mentions for Albums that we thought um, might not make it out to the top 10 at all, but albums that we uh, considered to be really good this year. Honorable mention to me is, I think we all might have different opinions of it, but like for me, I don't, I don't necessarily think this is a top 10 album, but it's an album where I'm like, look, I enjoy, I enjoyed listening to this. And I would definitely let other people, I mean, recommend other people to listen to it. Not necessarily for you to be like, yo, this is the greatest shit I heard, but it's going to be like, hey, it's a vibe. And you know, you know what? It's not that fucking bad. I, you know, I could listen to this. And to me, it was the Larry June project. Keep going, mm. you know, I, I, with with Harry Fraud. Oh, uh, producing all the beats. I, I enjoyed it, man. I thought it went well. Of course, when you, if you listen to Larry June, you know the nigga's not the best rapper. You know what I mean? You know you're not going to get like, oh my God, his lyricism is blowing me a fucking way. But like, if you sit in there, you're chilling, you're smoking, drinking, or, and hear hear shit playing in the background, motherfuckers are going to be like, you know, they're going to be nodding and like, yo, this is all right. You know what I mean? And then move along with whatever's going on at the event. He's going to say numbers. And yeah, he's going to say numbers, A, 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 all that shit. So <laughs> yeah, shouts out to uh, Larry June. Good shouts job. out to Harry Fraud. Yes. Good job, Larry. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> I, <laughs> that, uh, the Larry June project, I didn't even think about that one as my honorable mention, but he definitely deserves his right of being mentioned because 
he he just similar to what we were talking about with Westside, he put out like numerous projects this year. So shout out to Larry June. Actually one of my one of my low-key favorite artists from from since the beginning of since the late late last year. But for me, I would have to go with um I had it was a hard decision, but I wanted to keep it more rap because I, I was gonna go with back home by Trey Songs initially. But when it came to rap, I really had to say to myself, I was like, I had to pick this rapper named Kerr out of Philadelphia called in out of Philadelphia, the album's called Shouldn't Be Like This. Um, some of your criteria when it comes to honorable mentions, like it was an album that I listened to. It came out probably like in October or September, not too long ago. And I played it just because it's an artist I'm familiar with and he delivers on almost every song. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that still needs to be shaping up about around him in terms of just molding his sound a little bit better. But just from the that introspectiveness that he gives you on certain songs to like even he had a song like Yeezy Slides, which is very which I, is one of my favorite songs as well as La Brea. Um, he he just knows how he knows how to deliver his message. It's just a matter of what's to come next because I think this is a project that if he was able to be outside, he would have a he would have a better chance at being a little bit more face front to people just because of being able to be outside X, Y, and Z. So this was a good album. I definitely I definitely would suggest uh in my honorable mentions it would be Kerr. It shouldn't be like this. Definitely suggest highly advised that you check it check it out. Shouts out to Kerr. Shouts out to Kerr man. For me, um, the album that I chose was, and the album the album title is super long, so I'm just going to call it The Attack of the 85 by Silk Money with a dollar sign for Silk. Um, if you guys are familiar, Divine Council was a group that was out, you know, maybe like a few years ago, and Silk Money was one of the standout rappers from there. I've been following his solo career since then, and um, he's put out a few projects, but I would say that this is the project that I've listened to the most. Um, now the reason why I didn't put it in my top 10 was because I don't think this album is one that everybody's going to listen to and be like, Oh, this is the shit similar to what everybody else has said. Um, actually, and on the contrary, I think a lot of people will listen to this album and probably not like it because of the way he's actually rapping and his beat selection. It's not something that's mainstream at all. Um, his style of rapping, like what he's actually rapping about, like it's, it's interesting. Um, definitely, definitely good. Definitely different. Definitely an acquired taste. And it's one of those things where I feel like you should listen to it and just make a decision for yourself as to if you like it or not. And if you don't, if you do, then I fuck with you. Or if you do listen to it and you don't like it, then I guess it kind of is what it is. But it was one of my favorite projects from the year just because of how he rapped and his lyricism. Shouts out to Khalil Blue because he did a lot of the um, production on that um, project that I just mentioned. So are you guys ready to hop into the top three albums, projects of the year? Before we jump into the top three, here's a bonus question for you niggas. I'm going to break. I'm going to bring her back three years ago. One album I'm going to mention. Do you think it's honorable mention or top 10? Year 2017. The album Die Lit. Is it honorable <laughs> mention or is it top 10? Jesus. It's man. Basura. 
It's trash. <laughs> the album was, man. <laughs> Look, man, Lean For Real is actually a pretty dope song. That might go on my gym playlist. So, I mean, shouts out to Playboy Cardi. Um, honorable mention for me. <laughs> <laughs> Toilet for me. <laughs> All right. You guys ready to jump into this? Yeah. yeah. All right. So, number three, The Price of Tea in China with 21 wow. points. Wow. Wow. Yes. That yes. made it to three? It made it to three. Wow. So I, I knew this album was going to be highly ranked, but I was just like, because it's a good album. Before, you know, other albums came out, I was just like, this this could be number one because of the production, the rapping, like, especially the first song, the way that song hits, man, like, like, like. There's there's a lot of good things that could be said about the price of tea in China from the features, um, you know, everything. Alchemist did his thing. It's been a big year for Alchemist. Shouts out to Alchemist, like, because this year has been very good for him. Um, yeah, no, this album is pretty much a straight through ride, man. Like, I, I don't really have anything bad to say about it. There's like one song that I do not like, and I think it's called Running, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah, oh, Ryan. Like nah, I, yeah. I liked it. I, it was cool. I fuck with it. I, man, this album was slept on. When this album dropped, it dropped right before the whole pandemic took over America. You know, I remember playing this joint in the in the whip and Seho, he was riding with me and we was up to no good. You know what I mean? And <laughs> shots out to Seho. And he a diehard Drake fan, so he wasn't trying to hear it. But I'm like, bro, you need to open your eyes. He's talking about the shit that you went through. You know what I mean? I mean, like that that kitchen shit, that front porch shit, niggas. You know, <laughs> you know yeah, when you when you, you you know when you clutching on your waist because you know it, it, you know real definition of situation gang. You know, Spence, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I, <laughs> but like I I thoroughly enjoyed the price of tea in China. Boldy James, I uh, if I'm not mistaken, you guys could correct me. I think this was that was his first project back in years. And when he dropped that, I was like, oh shit. You I feel like you could hear what he's trying to rap. You can hear the the pain in his shit. You can hear like, yo, I've been struggling, but I'm still making my way. Like, you know what I mean? I'm still gonna get it in. Fuck it. If I'm serving fiends or rapping, blah blah blah. Like he I fucks with Boldy James, and even though he's a rapper from Detroit, you know, the nigga gives me real New York vibes. And I don't know if that's because the Alchemist beats or not, but, you know, Boldy James, man, I, you know, I salute to him. That that was a great album. Yeah, it, it was definitely a great album. Um, like you said, it came out earlier in the year, right before COVID hit. And it from the first time I played it, I knew it was like, it was something special. Like how he starts off the album with uh, Karuth, which is like a crazy title in itself because it's about Ray Car- Well, the title's named after Ray Karuth. Um, but it's the album in itself was just kind of crazy because it's, I, I think he did put out something last year, but I think it might oh, have been a short, a short you're, EP. You're right. You know? you're, yeah, the Boldface joint. Yeah, I forgot about yeah. that. It was like five songs. Well, Alchemist. Yeah, yeah cause, but apparently year? last year. No, last oh, year. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, you know his first mixtape was done by Alchemist, right? Yeah, my first chemistry set. Yeah, yeah, like so, like from from listening to this, like I think one the one thing that really helped stand helped it stand out the most for me was just the production itself, because of someone like Alchemist. Granted, the lyricism is there, but 
the the production of Alchemist is just such a standout here where especially when you take into consideration this was like one of the first projects Alchemist produced this year so like it set the tone for what the year would become for Alchemist for one and granted I don't want to attach too much of this album to Alchemist per se but when listening to this, you were just able to, you were able to feel like, oh, it's similar to what you said, that 90s rap music or that New York sound of the way he's riding the beat, which is just, uh, is just unimaginable when you hear the type of music that comes out of Detroit, right? Or Detroit yeah. artists. So like, because it's a very different style to say the least. So, yeah. so hearing this, it was just, it was something very, it was something that made me say like, yo, I've listened to Boldy James before. I've listened to him since probably since Mikey Rocks, since he was on the Mikey Rocks mixtapes back in the day, like in the early 2010s. And seeing how far he's grown, because I wasn't the biggest fan of him back then. But seeing how far he's grown since then, it lets me know like, hey, there's something special here. And then he would come out, I think he's, he put out what, two more albums this year? So putting out two more albums for the year, coming up with a total of three albums and eventually becoming the Griselda Sani kind of let us know, like just in terms of what this album, what this album meant in terms of the eyes watching, because you have, you have the songs, like you have songs where he does something with, I think uh, Benny the Butcher on, on here, Freddie Gibbs, which kind of all fit that pocket. And as well as Vince Staples, which I was surprised about because we all know Vince Staples doesn't come out that often, at least anymore. So yeah, yeah, the like I mean, changed a lot over the years. Yeah, at least production have. for sure. Yeah, like I, his production changed a a lot, a hell of a since, lot, a lot since like Hell Can Wait or something like that. So like, but but yeah, nonetheless though, when it came to this album, it was just a great album. Even like the skits that there's skits that are within the album. I think after Giant Slide. Um, I love where, this song, man. Yeah, I'm like honestly, I'm surprised. I'm really surprised that this album didn't get the. I'm not gonna say critical acclaim, but it didn't get the deserved attention it should have gotten. Blame because, COVID, huh? Blame COVID. No, I don't even know I, if it's COVID though. I, yeah, I, I was gonna say I don't think it's COVID, bro. I just think that this year you really seen like, I feel you know rap fans like us we really appreciate when something good drops but you see where certain artists has taken over the fucking game and they're not fucking good you know what i mean and i'm not i'm not trying to hate on the ones that the new artists that are actually good or tolerable to listen to but there's certain artists on here that you know i don't feel like mentioning right now that i'm just like yo they're not fucking good but they're getting all the love and shine you know what i mean well, so yeah. here's what I'll say about that, because I mean, like, I think um, and me and Spence were having a conversation about this the other day where a lot of artists like and I'll I'll just say newer artists. Right. To not necessarily put it on anybody's shoulders. Some of the more accepted sound is more of a alternative rap type of sound at the moment um, and rap like this, where it's like more of a. I'll say 90s style of rap because I mean that's what it's comparable to um, it gets overshadowed even though I think the quality of music is more here in my opinion unless you're talking about some of the more like some of the alternative rappers who are really like about it when I'm talking about like 
Young Thugs and people like that because Young Thug makes good music. You know what I mean? Shouts out to Thugger, man. I fuck with Thugger. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it also ties into because I I just looked up uh, some stuff with Bodie James. I think it also ties in to definitely when you look at this list that we have, I think most of the acts are older acts, um, older acts in terms of age, not in terms of like their, them, how long they've been out on the scene. Um, someone like Bodie James, he's like 38. Like, so like understanding how old he is, it, it makes sense when you look at, when you look at the reflection of older rappers, definitely coming out of the North. I'll say not like Southern rappers, but Northern rappers. You look at someone like Benny the Butch or Griselda for that instance. They're all older. All of them are older. I think, honestly, I think Boldy James might be older than everybody in Griselda. He might be the oldest person on Griselda possibly. But I think that sound, I think a lot of that comes from, a lot of that sound comes from age because you have a lot more life experience, a lot of more stories that you can tell that is, less about, hey, I could talk, because I'm quite sure Boldy James can talk about the same subject matter as what's out here. Will you succeed doing it? I'm not sure. I don't think so, possibly. Um, but when you have a, a life that you've lived and you, you're now putting that your life story on music, on wax, you're, you, should, you should expect it should be better because it's, it's someone taking more time out. Like, that's why, like, you get artists like, like Westside Gun that puts out really good music. He understands every, he, he has, he encompasses everything outside of just the lyricism. But, like, that also comes from age and understanding what you like to listen to and understanding who you're putting your music out for. So I think that had a lot to do, well, age had a lot to do with, age and experience had a lot to do with Boldy James being so ranked high, ranked being ranked as high as he is, despite the amount of um, coverage that he got this year. And I mean, I think, well, I think in the, in the 20s, I think we'll start seeing a shift of music going back into like those nostalgia, er- nostalgia eras of just people wanting to put lyricism first. So well, uh, one word before I, um, we leave off on this, and I'll say that uh, I think it also just deals with the way that we um, digest media now. Like, if you really want something, then you can find it. And I feel like if people want to listen to a more melodic rapper, then that's there for you. But if you want, you know, more of a rapper's rapper, like a purist, then that's there for you, too. And I feel like um, it's one of those things where because everything's so accessible, I'm I'm curious to see how things fade away and kind of um, how things fade away but also how things stay around because everything is so accessible. It's not going to be like, Oh man, remember the days when this was there. It's like, no, it's, it's always there if you're looking for it. So it's just right. a, an interesting time period to live in as far as like life and media goes. But yeah. are we ready to move on to number two? Yep. Wait, let's get it. All right. Number two on the list. I know what it is. I already know what it is. We've been talking about these two albums a lot through the year. Listeners. Number two is with 28 points. Oof. Alfredo by Freddie Gibbs. AKA album one, one B. Exactly. I had that as my one. Go, go for it. Go ahead, Lyle. I, uh, this was number one before I, um, we is announced number one. 
this album was the fucking world heavyweight champion for the longest time. <laughs> Nothing was beating it. Nothing was beating it. This got, you know, for the listeners, I've became a real like vinyl collector starting this year. Shouts out to, you know, my guys, Nigel Spence. You know, they put me onto this shit. And this album was one of the albums where I'm like, I must have this on vinyl. And this album is 10 songs of like, look, I can't, there's nothing to skip. There's nothing to be like, yo, this song is whack. If somebody came to, I don't give a fuck if you're a fan of Lil Uzi and the bullshit auto two niggas today. If you came to me and said Alfredo was whack, we're gonna have a fucking argument. I, it's it's like that with me, man. I'm sorry. This album, it's easily one of the best fucking rap albums. I think if you did a top ten albums across all genres, this would be in there somewhere. Has to be. Has to be. Hands down. Yeah. Yeah, it, it absolutely has to. I mean, I think this album, I agree, it was an album of the year to me. It was definitely my number one. Um, it, the the context of listening to this album throughout the year, and granted, it gives it, granted, the advantage the album has is it's been out a little longer than others, right? But it was one of those albums that, like, granted, because of COVID, we're not outside as much, so you can't, it, the turnout music's not just going to be there. Like, it's not going to hit like it did. So listening to an album like this, I'm able to, like, I was able to actually live with it. Hopping in the car, go somewhere, I'm putting it on. I'm out somewhere eating, going to a restaurant or whatever. I might listen to it before I walk in or whatever the case may be. And you realize how this album just, it molds and contours to whatever you're, whatever you're doing for the most part, right? He's able to, he's rapping, but in the same breath, he's he's rapping to you but it's in aggressive but slightly chilled way where it's like, yo, this is this is my content. This is what I'm talking to you about. But we got an underbeats that's hella laid back. We're chilling. You're having a good time. It ties into what you were saying earlier this year, Lau, when it came to like the videos that he shoots, where it's like this Pablo Escobar image. The music, I feel as though, illustrates that. Yeah. At, at, its fun, at, at its core, this music is able to illustrate that in you play it back and it's like, I've played this album so many times and you just ask yourself, is it possible that this album can be defeated? This shit was like the final boss of any game that you cannot fucking beat at the end of the day. Like this out, granted it did become number two because of the pointing system that we that we chose on. But man, listen, I think, I, I ain't gonna say that. Um, I'll say this though, like, uh, hearing what he put out i think it's without question that freddie gibbs may be like one of the best artists of he's well granted he's number two in terms of albums but i think for me he may end up being like if not the best artist of the year he may be one of the best artists and he put out one project that says a lot in itself when you have multiple artists some of these artists not just West Side Gun, there's other artists within this top 10 that put out multiple projects this year. And, or if, if they haven't, because of when we're recording, they're leading to putting something out and pretty soon before the year end wraps up. And 
like I said, if you put out one album and it's just collectively good and great, you don't have to put out anything else. And the shit stands alone. And that's why this album, it can be argued to be instead of two, it is one B, if not one A for some people. So yeah. Yeah. Yep. For me, um, it's one of the things where like I listen to it and there there might be a couple songs that when I listen to it all the way through, I just don't feel like listening to, but it's not because they're bad songs. Like it's hold on. It's like one of the best albums that I've heard in a long time. Um, shouts out to Alchemist and shouts out to Freddie Gibbs because Freddie Gibbs on here rapping. Um, Tyler Creator really did his thing on something to rap yes. about. One of my favorite songs of the year, easily. Uh, Conway on Babies and Fools, one of my favorite songs of the year, easily. Baby Shit, one of my favorite songs of the year, easily. Uh, fucking damn, what's the name? Album, man. Benny, Benny the Butcher was the name. Frank Lucas. One of my favorite songs of the year. That might be the hardest beat of the year easily. So it's one of those things where I'm just like, you know, I listen to it and it's hard for me to not really appreciate as to what it is and, you know, look at it and say, damn, like, I really just like this album a lot. I've listened to it a a hell of a lot of times. I bought it on vinyl, got the fucking limited edition shit. You know what I mean? Just because like, I'm like that. So it is what it is. Um, it's a good choice, though. It's, it definitely was a good choice. One thing, one question I'll ask y'all before we move on from here is with the price of tea in China and Alfredo being number two and three, is this saying that Alchemist had the better year between him and Hitboy? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Like, like I, I don't even think there's much to, to elaborate to on. Yeah, it's just, yes. Like, you look at I mean, shit. If we look at the this the the ranking that we have, he's produced what at least what seventy five percent of this whole this whole list. Yeah. In comparison to granted, I had big I had Hit Boy being number one at one point in time, but it's it wasn't until I revisited half this list of artists that came out this year that I'm like, yo, Alchemist is that guy. He is the guy that won. He's the guy. He is the king this year when it comes to production. Now, what does that mean next year? Who knows? But as of right now, he's pretty much hot as thunder. So yeah, I yeah, agree. So, like, yeah, quick question though, actually, before we move on. So, like, with Freddie Gibbs, right? With this being us establishing that this is either 1A or what well, 1A or 1B, or we'll just say two for lack of better terms. Because of 2020 and because of COVID-19, there was a lot of things that we weren't able to embody because of being in the house. And we don't know what come next year. But if in the likelihood that let's in the hope that let's say early next year, we go back to somewhat of a normal. What do you think that means for Freddie Gibbs? Do you think Freddie Gibbs may end up just saying like, yo, let's go back and run this album through and just push it again? Or do you think like, or, well, let me say this. Are you expecting another album from Freddie Gibbs next year? Or do you think he should just run with this project and push it, keep pushing it? I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if he did a tour off the strength off of this album. But I could see him doing another album next year, though. Because, I mean, it seemed like he already started working on another project. You know what I mean? He released that song of Big Sean, blah, blah, blah. So 
I like I said, if things do become normal because you know the virus goes away, I could see him definitely doing a tour. Like, hey, I'm doing a tour for the Alfredo tour. Let's just call it that. But he's really working on another album at the same time. Yeah, I see him going on tour, and I'll be there because I mean, like, I think if you go to shows a lot, one thing that I can say since I've started going to shows and and shit like that is. If you like an artist, it's cool if you go to a show to see an artist. But what's even cooler is when you go and you like their album because you're going to hear all the songs from their album and you're going to hear maybe some other songs on the side. But it's like you don't want to go for maybe they're not so not your favorite album of the artist and hear all the songs from that album, but then hear maybe some of the hits that you like. So if Freddie Gibbs goes on tour next year, I'll be there. And I think he'll put out an uh, album relatively soon, whether it be next year or the year after that. I don't think it's going to take too long for him. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I do agree. I think he will probably go on a tour. the The goal, like you said, when you go on a tour to go when you go to a show as a person that loves concerts, is that of actually listening to the music. Um, I do think Freddie Gibbs. I'm hoping Freddie Gibbs doesn't put out another album next year. I'll be honest. Because I think he, with something like him putting out Bandana last year, which was a phenomenal project, and then putting out this Alfredo, which is an even more phenomenal project, if that even sounds right grammatically. Um, it's it's one of those things where I I hate when artists, or I hate sometimes, sometimes I believe like an artist should, instead of putting out something new, they should just push what they have. And I think he's done a good, he's done a great job at that now because I think he more or less has a cult following in comparison to like the stardom of others. Definitely with him being around for so long. But I do think if he was to hold off a year or two, another year, I think we'll be able to get like just an album where, because this album is just a reflection of his life to some capacity. And I think we'll get more of that when we have another. When he lives, he puts out the album, tours, lives life, records, and then comes out with some more heat. Like it putting out another album. If he puts out another great album next year, we won't even talk about Alfredo like that. So I I disagree only because Alfredo's so good. But um, it, imagine if he puts out an album that's better than Alfredo next year. It's possible. Um, but I I just think Alfredo kind of can live on its own. Like Pinata and Bandana kind of live on their own for me when it comes to Freddie Gibbs. Like he, right. in my mind, he has three classics like already. So it's yes. Yeah, he has a trilogy yeah but so we are at number one um you know the final pick and it beat out speaking of 1a 1b it beat out alfredo by literally one point um 28 to 29 we all know what it is because we all been raving about this album for all year long or since it came out burden of proof by benny the butcher surprise surprise it's the best album that came out this year, in my opinion. Um, it's it, to me, Benny the Butcher and just Hit Boy, they, they they really did their thing, man. Like it's whenever I listen to the album, I go back and I listen through it, and I'm just like, is this a bad song? Like, is this a skippable song? And I'm just like, no. Like every time I listen to it, I'm just like, I don't have to skip it. I can listen to it all the way through and not have a problem. I spent multiple days in the gym working out to the shit. I spent multiple car rides just listening to this shit because it's so fucking good. Like, it's just one of those things where Benny the Butcher, his lyricism is on point. The the, the beat making is on point. Um, 
fucking Freddie Gibbs is on this album too. His little like you know small verse is pretty dope, and like any like the other features on there are dope as well. Like uh, there's nothing bad I have to say about this album. Um, it's the album length is good. Everything about it is good. I think I think if you're a fan of music, you should listen to this album. Yes, I I agree wholeheartedly, Nigel. You know, if Alfredo was Hulk Hogan and his fucking prime, then this album is like The Rock when he's in his prime. You know what I mean? Hulk Hogan was big in the fucking 80s, you know, crossover guy. The Rock, big in the 90s, early 2000s, crossover guy. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're great. That's why I was like, yeah, 1A, 1B, depending on what you really think. Now, with this album, I think if this album dropped in the early 2000s, this album would have went platinum. I think so. You know, with, but with the climate that it is now, it didn't get its recognition because of the market of the rap game today. And the, I felt like, yo, if you if you like rap music and you're a real rap fan, you this album, you, you don't have to say this is your album of the year because everybody is subjective to that. But if you're like, yo, this is not one of the top albums you listen to, I'm going to be like, dude, are you really a rap fan or are you just a trendy nigga? Because this shit, this album is the shit. I feel like I could listen to this album 15 years ago. I could listen to this album now. And that's the vibe that it gets me. And it, and it blew me away. Hit Boy did do his thing on this shit. You know what I mean? Like, it, it was a great tandem. Benny and him, man, they, they, they did their thing. They really did their thing. And I, I have nothing bad to say about the album. I could rave about the album for the next 20 minutes. Not going to do that. But I feel like, hey, guys, if you got if people who really listen to rap music, you know what I mean? No matter if you're a fan of the new shit or not, listen to this album. This is this is a top, top, top album. Yes, for our point system, we put number one. But for somebody like, for example, Spence might have been like, hey, this is my number two. This is my one B. But it's so it's like an interchangeable thing. This album is the shit. This you got to listen to this. If you don't, you might, your mom might get smacked. Mm. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. Talk about aggressive. Um, uh, I mean, it was, it was good enough. You could slap your mama. Right. But like it, to me, I put it at number two because there were, there were some things I didn't care for from the album. Primarily it's just, I didn't like how the album ended. Because like I said, I'm really big into albums being more of a story. And I didn't get that from this album. But overall, when it came to lyricism and raising the bar for artists, that, raising the bar for your features, I think Benny, Benny the Butcher was probably the artist that did it the best this year. When we listened to, and we know how little Wayne, don't get me wrong, Wayne can rap and we know, but Wayne is here and there. He did a song with Lil Wayne, or Thomas with Lil Wayne and Big Sean, where he for you could tell the fact that they're in the they knew they were doing a song with Benny the Butcher. They had to bring nothing short of their A game, if not better than that. So I think that that's a testament within itself. But when it came to the album overall, I do know some people that didn't care for it just because of 
whatever the re- their reasons, and I can understand it for some. I think I think with Benny the Butcher, I think his career from listening to this album, I think his career is going to is going to take off immensely next year. But I think it's going to be more from him living a little bit more because I think I think the the only thing the only issue I ever heard from people were just like someone tell me I, I'm a huge hip hop fan, but I've he tells a similar story than what they've heard to what they've heard because of like a lot of drug dealing, right? But at, in the same breath, like this album is it's as complete as you can get for the level of MC that we've had this year. I can say that, and it it definitely superseded what I thought. I, it superseded what I thought he would put out. I'll say that. I can definitely say that from listening to the features X, Y, and Z to to this point now. It's like, yo, you did a lot better than what I would expect because I was expecting something along the lines of like Tana Talk Four, and or which would have been like this would have been like Tana Talk Four or something. But this was just a wholly different, totally different vibe. Very well, it was smooth, smoothing out because I wasn't sure what he would do with someone like, um, like Hip Boy, for instance, just because he's not like Harry Ford or any of these these type of artists. But he did his job overall. I can definitely say that. And um, we can speak about like like Hit Boy and the way he produced for this um, album. You know what I mean? Because I would say that definitely com- in comparison to some of the things we've heard Benny the Butcher on in the past compared to the way this sounds. He did a good job of mixing that like old rugged sound with like also some newer elements. And I really appreciated that, especially for Benny the Butcher, because like, I think one of the things you can say about Grisada is that a lot of their beats sound, you know, similar. I don't want to say similar, but they have that. They come from the same ilk is what I'll say. And um, me personally, like I thought it was interesting to hear him like, really just kind of taking off and really doing his thing with it with another producer on what we've deemed uh what designer tapes on this podcast now so like it's one of those things where i guess um you know i i just really enjoyed it like i i don't really have anything bad to say about it and i think that's where it really comes down to it for me as far as putting it as my number one it's uh the the amount of negatives and, and cons i have to say are like very minimal I I think I saw some criticism to this album, right? Because you know, album is perfect. How much of we may like it or not, of course. But one of the criticism I saw of this album, besides you know what Spence said about like, oh, it's heavy drug talk, which you know those people can just jerk jerk off. I think that one of the criticism I saw was like, oh, the beats are not grimy; they're too fucking modern. And I felt like some of the criticism. Yeah, some of the criticism are kind of lame, and I feel like it's just an excuse of like, hey, you know, I like the heavy auto tune nigga that you know that talks about, you know, well, what do you mean? Uh, well, to me, we'll go finish it though. No, uh, no, I'm not saying that. That's you know. I'm not saying that's for everybody, but I'm just talking about like, you know, I'm generalizing from like reading like the comments and shit like that of what people think, you know what I mean? Like, so for example, when the tubby man posts an album, he's not posting Benny the butcher. You know what I mean? He's only posting, you know, a a artist that none of us are talking about. That's what he's posting. And you'll see people in the comments be like, this is goat symbols, album of the year, 
you know, how can this not be nominated for this, you know, but if the tubby man happens to post something out of his element, like when he posted Alfredo, the comments will be like, who, oh, this is old shit for old heads, you know, all sorts of like Mm. crazy comments you know what i mean i'm not right. talking about somebody you personally know spence that you know you nah. could vouch for their their taste i'm just yeah. talking about like you know the fat chubby kid that lives in the suburbs and he pretends that you know he's really out on old block you know what i mean i'm talking about those people I have, so god and so i feel like the criticism of, of this album from the general consensus you know i feel like it's you know lame nothing credible to go by off at all. I, you know, I feel like when you listen to this album, you could really feel what he's saying. And I, and I, none of us on this podcast are crack dealers and none of us sold drugs. So I'm going to put that out there. Right. Um, Okay. Outside of Nigel, I guess, you know, (laughs) but, but like, we could be, I feel like, okay, like I believe this nigga did this shit, the way he's rapping the way I, I feel like he put it in the song, you know what I mean? And, and you could, it's public knowledge, you know, he, he, he got locked up for the shit. So you could look that shit up, but I'm just saying like, I, I just don't know how you could be like, yo, this album's garbage. This is for an old head. This is blah, blah, blah. Like I, I really have to question your music taste, but like, bro, like, you know, it's either are you a fan of rap music or are you a fan of you know what's really trending? Uh, I'm it, yeah. I I guess you could say that. I don't I agree had, necessarily, but yeah, you could say that. I had a I told somebody that Burden of Proof was probably my album of the year, and uh, she laughed at me. Uh, she was very uh, adamant that Alfredo was album of the year. I I didn't disagree with her. Oh uh, well. I mean that. Uh, see, but I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad because, at it either. Because they chose something that's that's credible. Exactly. You know. Now if she was like, "Oh, you know, motherfucking, uh, you know, damn, I don't want to shit on niggas, but like, oh, little top, that was album of the year, or whatever top. I'm I'm looking at it. I'm gonna look at them and be like, bro, was that an actual rapper? No, it's not a a rapper. (laughs) It's like I've never heard of that dude ever in my life. No, no, it's an album of of a very popular rapper. Okay, uh, right now, and I'll be looking at that person. I'm like, bro, like you know, you smoking cancer sticks. I can tell Mm. because you mentioned it. You know. (laughs) Well, do we have anything else to say? I'm pretty sure. Um, you know, this uh, end of the year project of the year extravaganza thing that we did, like. You know, I think I, I'm pretty satisfied by what we came up with. I think, you know, our taste kind of showed. And, uh, you know, it's kind of what I expected, but also towards the um, bottom half, I'll say like seven through four. That was kind of interesting. But, I mean, do y'all have any um, takes from what we did before we close this out? Uh, um, I, I'm Overall, I would say I'm pleased with the list. I, I know it didn't necessarily reflect. I, I know the list didn't necessarily reflect each of our own individual lists. But I think it was somewhat close to some extent or within a ballpark of. So, I mean, I think the way we did it was pretty, pretty concise. And I think uh, I'm very interested to see what's going to come from some of these artists next. Well, all these artists next year, because I think I think because of 2020, a lot of these artists didn't get the didn't get the proper shine they deserve just because of the inability to be out. 
So I, I, I'm very curious to see what happened with these artists next year, especially. And I, I want to say, like, for the listeners, like, you know, even though that we, we like, after listening to our top albums in a year, we like rappers who fucking rap more than they don't. That doesn't mean that we won't listen to other shit. You know what I mean? Like, we, I would say, like, you know, we understand the balance and we could separate entertainment from, you know, bullshit or whatever like that. We we could separate reality from fantasy so like we're we're definitely listening to more shit outside of this but if we're talking about like critique and credibility and all that this is what we're going to talk about yeah and i'll say i'll agree with that because uh i I heard that balenci 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 was like one of the best lyrics of the year um danny brown said that and uh it's it's one of those things where like no i actually enjoyed that song and you better move by lil uzi so i mean like we we all understand that, like, look, like, this is our top albums, the best albums that came out, but not necessarily, like, you know, that we didn't enjoy anything else. But um, with that being said, follow us at Advise Highly on Twitter, uh, the Highly Advised Podcast on Instagram. Um, you've been highly advised. Thank you for listening to us. Give us your top 10 albums in the comments, and we will see you later on. Have a good one. You've been highly advised.